0: Now, I have the privilege of inviting my lovely wife, Shirley Lynn, to come to the stage, and she is going to engage in the public reading recitation of scripture.
1: So I'm a little bit nervous, so let me just um, open prayer that God um, gives us grace, oh, gives me grace and you guys mercy as you put up with this. Um, oh Lord, I, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the privilege of sharing your word. Father, I pray that you just open our hearts and minds to your word today, Lord. Let me speak it clearly and boldly to bring glory and honor to you, Father. Bless this time. Amen. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad, greetings. Greetings. Connor, kind of all joy, my brothers, when you encounter various trials, knowing this that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have its perfect work, so that you may be mature and complete, lacking nothing. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all men generously and without reproach. And it shall be given to him. But let him ask in faith, believing. For he who doubts is like the wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. Let not that man think that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. The brother, in lowly circumstances, ought to take pride in his high position. But the rich man should take pride in his low position position because like the wildflower he will pass away for the sun rises with the scorching heat withers the plant its blossom falls and its beauty is destroyed so too the rich man will pass away even while he goes about his business blessed is the man who perseveres under trial for when he has been proved he will receive the crown of life which God has promised to them who love him Whenever you are tempted, let no man say, God is tempted me, for God cannot be tempted by evil, neither does he tempt anyone. But everyone is tempted when by their own evil desires they are dragged away and enticed. And when desire is conceived, it gives birth to sin. And when sin is full grown, it brings forth death. Do not be deceived, my brother. Every good and perfect gift comes from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change like the shifting winds. He chose to give us birth by the word of truth so, so that we might be he chose to give us birth by the word of truth so that we might be a, so that we might be kind of first fruits of all, of all he created my brothers, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger, for the anger of man does not bring about the righteous life God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent, and humbly accept the word planted in you which can save you. My brothers, my brothers, do not hear the word the word only, and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who hears the word and does not do what it says is like the man who looks at his face in the mirror and after looking at himself he goes away and immediately forgets that which he has seen but the man who looks intently into the perfect law and continues in it not forgetting what he has heard but doing it he will be blessed in all his does and all he does (laughs) my brothers do not hold the faith of our lord jesus christ the lord of glory with partiality for if there should come into your assembly A man with gold rings and fine apparel. And there should also come in a poor man with filthy clothing. And you say to the rich man, come, sit here in this good place. And you say to the poor man, go stand over there or sit here at my footstool. Have you not shown partiality and become judges with evil intent? Listen, my beloved brothers, has God not chosen the poor of this world to be rich in faith and heirs to the kingdom which he has promised to those who love him? But you dishonor the poor man. Do not the rich oppress you and drag you into the courts? Do they not blaspheme that holy name by which you were called? If you really fulfill the royal law according to Scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. You do well, but if you show partiality, you commit sin and become a transgressor, for for he who keeps the whole law and yet stumbles in one point is guilty of it all. For he who said you should not commit adultery also said you should not murder. Now if you do not commit adultery but you do murder, you have become a transgressor of the law. So speak and act as those who will be judged by the perfect law of liberty. For judgment is without mercy to those who have shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. What does it profit, my brother, if someone says to you, you have faith and I have, but have no works? Can faith by itself save you? If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food and one of you says to them, depart in peace, Be warmed and filled, but you do not give them that which is needed for the body? What does it profit? In the same way, faith without works is dead. Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up Isaac, his brother, as a sacrifice on the altar? Do you not see that his faith was working together with his works, and by his works faith was justified? And Scripture is fulfilled, which said Abraham believed God, and it was counted for for righteousness. And he is called the friend of God. Don't you see that a person is justified by works and not by faith alone? In the same way, wasn't also Rahab the harlot justified by works when she welcomed the messengers and sent them out another way? For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. Brothers, let not many of you become teachers, knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. For we all stumble in many ways. Anyone who does not stumble in word is a perfect man, able to control his whole body. Indeed, we put bits in a horses' mouths so they will obey us, and we can turn their whole body. Look also at ships, so oh, they are so large and driven by such fierce winds, and yet they turn by a little rudder wherever the pilot desires. And the tongue, it is a little member. Yet it boasts great things. See how great a force a little fire kindles? In the tongue, it is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire. The course of nature and is set on fire by hell for every kind of beast and bird and reptile and creature of the sea has been tamed and is tamed, but no man can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. With it we bless God our Father, and with it we curse man who is made in the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth comes both blessing and curses, My brothers, these things ought not to be so. Can a spring bring forth both fresh and bitter water from the same opening? Can can a grapevine, my brothers, bear olives? Can a fig tree bear grapes? No spring can bring forth both fresh and salty water. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show by their good conduct that their works are done in the meekness of wisdom. But if any of you have self-seeking and bitterness in your heart. Do not lie and boast against the truth. Such wisdom does not come from above, but is earthly, sensual, demonic. For bitterness and self-seeking exists. Confusion and every form of evil will be there. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without hypocrisy and without partiality the seed of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace where do wars and fights come from among you do they not come from your desires for pleasure which wage in your members you lust and do not have you murder and covet and do not obtain you ask you fight and war you ask and do not receive Because you ask amiss, you ask and do not receive. You do not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your pleasures. Adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Anyone who wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God, or do you think the scripture speaks in vain when it says the spirit who dwells in us yearns jealously? But God gives more grace Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, submit to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you dumb-minded. Lament and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned into mourning and your joy into gloom. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. Do not grumble against one another. If you grumble against one another and judge one another, you grumble against the law and judge the law. But there is one lawgiver. But if you judge the law, you're not a doer of the law, but a judge. If there is but one lawgiver who can save and destroy, who are you to judge one another? come now you who say today or tomorrow we will go to such and such a city spend a year there buy sell make a profit or do not know what will happen tomorrow what is your life it's but a vapor that is here for a short time and then vanishes away instead you ought to say if the lord wills we live and we'll go and do this or that instead you boast in your own arrogance all such boasting is evil. Therefore, the one, one who knows to do good but does not do it, to him it is sin. Come now, you rich, weep and howl for the miseries which are coming upon you. Your riches are corrupted and your garments are moth and your silver and gold is corroded and their corrosion will rise up against you and burn your flesh like a fire. You have heaped up treasures in the last days. Indeed, the wages of the laborers which you kept back by fraud cry out, and the cries of the reapers have reached the ears of the Lord of Sabbath. You have lived upon the earth in pleasure and luxury. You have fed your hearts as in the day of slaughter. You have condemned, you have murdered the just. He does not resist you. Therefore, be patient, brothers, for the coming of the Lord is at hand see how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth waiting for it to receive the early and latter rains you also be patient establish your hearts for the coming of the Lord is at hand do not grumble against one another behold the judge is standing at your door Take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord as an example of suffering and patience. Indeed, we count them blessed to endure. You have heard with the perseverance of Job, and you know the end intended by the Lord, that the Lord indeed is very gracious and full of mercy. But above all, do not swear, either by heaven or by earth or by any other oath, But let your yes be yes, and your no be no, lest you fall into judgment. Is anyone among you suffering? Let them pray. Is anyone among you cheerful? Let them sing psalms. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call for the elders of the church, and they will come and pray for him, anointing him with oil. And the prayer of faith will save the sick. The Lord will raise them up, and if he has committed sins, they will be forgiven him. Confess your transgressions to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and yet he prayed earnestly for it not to rain, and it did not rain for three and a half years. And he prayed again, and the heavens opened, and the earth brought forth produce. Oh, my brothers, if someone among you wanders from the truth, and one of you turns them back. Let them know that he who turns a sinner from the error of his ways will save a soul from death and cover a multitude of sins.
0: Let's pray. <clears throat> Lord, your word speaks to our heart. We yield ourselves to your word. Amen. So we're gonna, I know we have, our time is short, and my message is planned to be brief-er than it normally is this morning. So we will continue in the book of James, and we'll dive right in here. Um, we're, going to, we're going to start the James chapter 5, but first some context, if you please, if you'd open up your Bibles to James chapter 4. The end of the, the, end of the chapter, I'm just going to read us, this passage, which Keir covered for us last week very well, and I set, I set some context for the beginning of James chapter 5. Look here, you who today, today or tomorrow, we are going to a certain town, we'll stay there a year year. We will do business there and make a profit. How do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? Your life is like the morning fog. It's here a little while, and then it's gone. What you ought to say is, if the Lord wants us to, we will live and do this or that. Otherwise, you're boasting about your own pretentious plans, and all such boasting is evil. Remember, it is sin to know what you ought to do and then not to do it. So James chapter 5 then continues. Look here, you rich people. Weep and groan with anguish because of all the tr- terrible troubles ahead of you. Your wealth is rotting away, and your fine clothes are moth eaten rags. Your gold and silver are corroded. The very wealth you were counting on will eat away your flesh like fire. This corroded treasure you have hoarded will testify against you on the day of judgment. For listen, hear the cries of the field workers whom you have cheated of their pay. The cries of those who harvest your fields have reached the ears of Of the Lord of heaven's armies, Kyrios Sabiath. For you have spent your years on earth in luxury, satisfying your every desire. You have fattened yourselves for the day of slaughter. You have condemned and killed innocent people who do not resist you. So, James is a very practical book. As Shirley was um, quoting it to us, I was reminded of all the very practical instructions there are in there. And uh, there were. There's plenty of instructions James gave to his readers of, of how to treat rich, rich people, not showing them preference and, and having a proper attitude. And here he's speaking to those who have wealth. It's sort of a heavy passage. And just want to, we actually want to take some time to think what do we do with these pretty heavy, scathing words? It's connected. the rest of James. This is not just like him coming up with some burst of inspiration out of the blue. He warns us not to show preferences to those. He warns us to fear God as we make plans for our business. And James, in this passage, he instructs those with wealth to fear God and have the correct perspective. So what is the perspective that he's exhorting us to? One, life and abundance, life and abundance fade in the face of eternity. This passage talks about the morning fogs. Our lives are like morning fogs. It talks about wealth corroding and rotting. Eternity is forever. We will be judged by God one day. We will be with Him forever. We will be separated from Him forever. The circumstances of our life are tempor- temporary and fading. also talks about the practical consequences of the miss. Use of our wealth and those consequences last. He talks about workers who were cheated of their pay. He talked about those who were taken advantage of by the rich, where they, they condemned the innocent. And he mentions, last but not least, but the Lord of Hosts judges. He notices how these things go. What our attitudes is are what our actions are. It says our misdeeds testify. Against us, it says we fattened ourselves for the day of slaughter. So even though the rich people were persecuting, and cheating, and slaughtering the innocent, they're really fattening themselves for a day of slaughter. That title, the Lord of Hosts, is an interesting. It's an interesting. Uh, it's an interesting choice that James made in there. It's the Lord of Heaven's armies, Kyrios Sabaoth. It's not Jehovah-Jireh, meaning he's going to provide. It's not talking about the compassionate God, the merciful God. He says the commander of the Lord's armies notices the misdeeds and the, and the judgment and the abuses of those who are rich. Sobering stuff. So what do we do with this? What do we do with these? Those awful rich people, darn them, darn the rich people. Is this a blanket? This, these, this section of verses, is this a blanket condemnation against the wealthy? is it a condemnation against wealth? I'd like you to note that nowhere in these passages does James condemn wealth. Rather, he instructs us to be persons of integrity and to have an eternal perspective. It's a much harder assignment to be a person of integrity and to have a a perspective of eternity than it is to just flat out condemn wealth. You may recall from a couple of months ago, when we ended our last sermon series, Kingdoms and Conflict, we had a question that we asked, that was asked towards the end. And the question was, is the church in America compromised on the topic of wealth? And do we avoid hard biblical truths in the area of money? And who remembers what the answer to that question is? Yes. It's a, it's a quick answer. But it's an answer that makes these questions apply to us too. We can't just shake our fist at the great Gatsby or the monopoly money man or the people who make lots of money or have lots of power. These truths, the fact of how we use our wealth, how we use our time, how we use our health, how we use our resources, it applies to each one of us as believers, especially because we are in The United States of America, the most free, prosperous, bountiful nation in the history of the world. We are the wealthy. We are the rich. Those of us who have very little in our bank accounts live lives of luxury and privilege than ancient kings and rulers could only have never even could have dreamed about. Never could have. There's many problems, I understand, but we have an amazing amount of blessing and prosperity. And so rather, than, I just want to encourage us, when you read a passage like this in James, not to blitz by it, not to shake your fist and say, yeah, I hate them too. Yeah, those people, they need to, do, they need to get their act together. But as always in Scripture, we need to take what we read and we need to apply it to our own hearts. Jesus always escalated Morality from the arena of actions to the realm of motivation. James touched on that briefly in, in chapter two when he, was, when he was warning people. Jesus spoke about it at length in the Sermon on the, mount, on the Mount. Maybe you're thinking, you know, I'm already a generous person. Or maybe you're thinking, I don't have any money. If you are generous and you are a person of integrity when it comes to possessions, then I commend you. However, I do have one additional thought challenge that you and I are not off the hook In light of our limited time, I'm going to share one additional passage here for the book of Proverbs. The Bible is filled with passages about money. It talks so much about money. Jesus talks so much about money. Proverbs talks so much about money. Let me read one passage to you, which I hope it'll bring it home. It brought it home for me as I was thinking about um, my own use of my own resources. So Proverbs Chapter 23, starting at the beginning of the chapter, if you want to, I'm just going to read through here, if you want to read through together with me, you're welcome to. Proverbs chapter 23, when you sit down to dine with a ruler, carefully consider what's before you, and put a knife to your throat. If you're a man of great appetite, do not desire his delicacies, for it is a deceptive food. Do not wear yourselves to gain wealth. Cease from your consideration of it, for when you set your eyes on it, it is gone. For wealth certainly makes itself wings, like an eagle that flies toward the heavens. Do not eat the bread of a selfish man, or desire his delicacies. For as he thinks within himself, so he is. He says to you, eat and drink, but his heart is not with you. You will vomit up the morsel you have eaten, and waste your compliments. Do not speak in the hearing of a fool, for he will despise the wisdom of your words. As I read that passage tons in there about our attitude towards wealth and money, the eternal perspective. But here's something that really brought it home to me very personally, which I hope that you will meditate on as well. 23.7 says, they're always thinking about how much it costs. Eat and drink, they say, but they don't mean it they don't mean it. So you're sitting at the table with this rich man, he gives, you this, he gives you this meal. It's not a grand gesture for someone to share a meal with you, especially a rich person, for them to share a meal with you. It's not this grand gesture. They're not giving you half of their kingdom, they're not giving you a new car, they're giving you a meal. It's a small, it's almost an incidental thing to the person that's offering it. And Yet what characterizes this act of hospitality in the heart of this rich person who gave the meal? What is it that was behind that act of hospitality in spite of the outwardly good thing that he did? What was going on inside? It's bitterness, it's resentment. As Jesus said, as James reminded us, our intentions matter. We can give a grand and luxurious gift, and we can resent it The fact that we're giving that gift could be a gift of our, it could be a gift of money. It could be a gift of time. It could be gifts of other aspects of our relationships. It could be something huge. It could be something small. If we resent that gift, we're no better than this king who was hoping that the person that he fed wouldn't eat much or that they would vomit it up after they ate it. It's an interesting flip side. This, this concept, as I was thinking about this and meditating on it, this concept of me being resentful for the gifts that I give is a very interesting contrast to me being grateful on this Thanksgiving weekend for the gifts that God gives me. Thankfulness implies an open hand, open hand, a grateful heart. Resentment, resentment and bad, and bad motivations, that implies selfishness and closeness, and you can do that with a very small thing. Those of you who have almost nothing can be resentful for the small gifts that you give. Those of you with a lot, praise God that He's blessed you and made you stewards of a lot. And again, I commend you for if, you, if you're doing it with a good heart that's focused on Him, focused on eternity, and, and, but you can also be resentful for the things that you give. This resentment, whether you're giving something big or you're giving something small, this brings it home to all of us. It makes it very practical for all of us. James is not intending. He's warning the rich people they have a lot to be accountable for. But as always, we are accountable to God as well for the possessions that we have and how we give. If you resent having to give something to someone. It may have an unhealthy grip on you. And I can think of some things in my own heart, which I'm not going to say right out loud because it wouldn't be edifying, that I resent giving. And my heart was challenged. As I, as I read this, read these passages, often our messages are structured. We're going to conclude now. Our messages are structured. Here's the problem. Here's the solution. Do this, do A, B, and C. I'm going to tell you what. I do not have a solution for any resentment that might be in your heart. But I am going to say we have a God and a Savior who frees our heart from selfishness, whether it's for something big or for something small. And I'm going to leave you with a question for your conscience to think about as an after-dinner mint for our Thanksgiving weekend. What do you resent having Give. Let's pray. Lord, you are holy, you are righteous, you're perfect, you're powerful. Lord, I fear you and I desire to love you and serve you and give you all the glory. I thank you for your word. I pray that you would convict my heart on the things that I resent. Teach me to let go. I pray for each person in this room, each person that's hearing this message right now, God, convict our hearts of the things that we resent things that have an unhealthy grip on us, and teach us to surrender them to you. I, I know this is possible through your word and through your spirit. Amen.